and welcome. I'm Ross Kearney. I'm Michelle Raven. And this is Cryptic Whispers. Um, tonight we're just going to do an intro episode and just talk a bit about how our interests got started and where we're coming from as individuals with this subject matter. Right. So where do you want to start? Uh, I thought that we would start by um, why why now? Why here? Why are we? What is this about? What are we discussing? So why are you interested in doing a cryptid paranormal based podcast? Um, that's been something I've been tossing around for a while. Uh, the reality is it's a little bit easier to do than a book. <laughs> My book on different concepts of reality and ideas of ellipses and all sorts of random stuff just kind of ended up being this collection of notes. And it's like, yeah, this, I don't know how to make this into something cohesive. So I thought maybe a podcast would work better of just being like, okay, tackle a subject each like a couple times a month and be able to kind of talk about my ideas and get them kind of established and grown into discussion format. I love that. Yeah, how about you? So for me, it was kind of the same thing. Um, I have a very long knowledge of the paranormal and of witchcraft and all kinds of different lore. I had a very um, witchy, whimsical kind of growing up and was just never grew out of it. So I have been doing research and um having experiences since I was a child and I just really wanted a place to talk about some of those things and some of those, you know, experiences and different kind of philosophies um, because not a lot of people are talking about some of the things that I have experienced and some of the stuff that I know that we mutually kind of believe in the paranormal stuff. Um, I'm not here for the scare, you know, I'm here for the knowledge and the experience and to, um, just gain more of it. Yeah. My thing's always kind of been a lot of people are looking for answers and I just want to explore the questions more than anything else. I, it's that's, like, that's for me too. Like, yeah. I feel like when you go into it, asking specific questions you're kind of waiting for specific answers so the more broad you become on how are you getting those answers and willing more to look at those how-tos then um you're gonna start getting different answers yeah i mean like for me it's i don't want to go into ufos or aliens i want to be like well no there's a multiple different options that this could be Let's explore all of them because none of them is going to be something we can prove for sure just by sitting around and talking about it. But it's more fun to explore and see where it goes than it is to go, well, it has to be this. I agree. I also, even though I believe in a lot of things, I am incredibly cynical and it's very, very hard to convince me, but I really want to be convinced. Like I want to be convinced so badly that I am very open-minded, willing to go into it, but I still have to see some kind of proof. Yeah, I've always taken kind of the, I mean, growing up on the X-Files, the old adage of, I want to believe. It, I, 
don't necessarily believe, but I want to be able to believe. I want to see something that eradicates all question and doubt for me. I think that would be amazing to be like, I believe 100% now. And I think that would be amazing to have some sort of experience like that. Me too. I've had experiences that have made me believe certain things. um, And quite a few of them, actually. But um, I still want more. (laughs) I think it's one of those things where, you know, you get a little taste of it. And you're like, okay, but if I had this experience, who else is having this experience? And if we are collectively having these experiences, what does that really mean? Like, what is the question? Exactly. And that's kind of, I look at things like, you know, Bigfoot's a great example of people are experiencing something. What are they experiencing? Yes. And And I wholeheartedly believe people when they tell their experiences too. Well, I I always go with the, the adage of the only fact you have is what they're telling you. Yep. So you can't dismiss their word. You can't dismiss their experience. You have to take it at full face value unless you're able to disprove X, Y, or Z. But you have right. to honor their experience and trust that what they're telling you is their truth. Right. And I also think that with that comes this willingness to say, hey, I see you. I understand that you've had this experience. I believe what you're telling me. Now I'm going to try and find out for myself, if I can have a similar experience or we can create that, recreate that experience to try and bring more proof to what you have said. I think a lot of people go into it trying to like debunk people's experiences on some level, you know, I, and I don't, I'm very careful to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to dismiss somebody right away because if we dismissed everyone that you felt was untrustworthy or, you know, is just doing it for attention, you're going to dismiss a lot. So right, you can't just automatically judge and go, well, that's why they're doing it because there's so many other reasons like that they're doing it. Like they just honestly have had this experience and they want to share it. And that's what it's important. Yes, I agree. So what was one of the first subject matters that you delved into? Um, for me, I was really into the witchy stuff first. Um, I've always, like, I grew up in a house where we told ghost stories and fairies existed. And, you know, we were not encouraged to disbelieve anything. We were taught to, you know, if you have a question, go find an answer, you know, figure out why these things are happening. And um, so, but for me, I've always, there's always been ghosts around. There's always been ghost stories. Um, But I really leaned into more of the witchy side of things for myself. I love herbs and um, that whole side of things and energy work and all of those things too. And I've run the gamut of everything. Like I have a Reiki too. I've taken a bunch of different courses on energy healing. I've always just been naturally able to do it. And again, because I grew up in a household that I was, we were encouraged instead of discouraged to do those things. I just naturally kind of fell into a lot of it. And then once I became a teenager and into my twenties, um, then I started like really trying to like do research about 
you know, aliens and ghosts. And I had a couple of experiences in the woods up here. So that like got me into Bigfoot and then into like the lore of here, elementals, things like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of came from the opposite approach. I was always, I grew up without any sort of set religion or anything like that. Um, My parents kind of let me learn and develop my own beliefs on my own. Um, but I grew up also sci-fi, so things like UFOs and aliens were much more of a common part. Um, I mean, the big thing for myself was that my mom had those Time Life Mysteries of the Unknown books, which were a huge resource. just like even eight-year-olds flipping through and seeing pictures of Bigfoot and, you know, reading about psychics. It was a huge growth for me. And it wasn't until college that I started getting a bit more into magic and um, divination and a few other things just because I mean part of it was a uh, a shop opened up in the town I, w- I was living in which it gave me access to the stuff and I had somebody I could go and ask questions to and it really kind of opened up a lot of doors which you know before that I didn't really have access to I was like okay well I can read the Tao Te Ching and things like that. And then as I was in college, I went into philosophy and started exploring other realms of learning that way. And it was just kind of funny. I was always presenting my ideas in my classes and my professors always thought I was extremely brave for my viewpoints. And I was was like, oh, I I thought this stuff seemed kind of normal. Okay, I guess not. (laughs) So it's just kind of, so all of that came much more later in my life. But I very much started off just being like, yeah, this stuff is cool. Aliens is awesome and Bigfoot's great. And, you know, ghosts were always present as an idea, but I got much more involved again later on in life. Mm-hmm. We were not a sci-fi household. We were, my dad was into like cowboys and like the wild west, but he also, um, my grandmother, his mom was someone who, you know, told us that we had like indigenous family members in our history. And my dad is the kind of person who doesn't believe people unless like he can see the proof of it. But it was always really interesting to him. So he like went back and started learning the history of indigenous tribes. So we had a lot of um, stuff like indigenous history in our house, but also because my mom being who she is, she loved the folklore side of it. So we had a lot of like the indigenous legends and lore from all over the place, um, mostly from New England and Canada, because that's where my family's from. So that's like where most of the focus was. Um, But so that did get me into a different level of like all of that paranormal stuff through seeing it through the lens of like indigenous tribes, which is totally fascinating to me. I've always thought that that was really interesting and it just added another layer and like really connected because the more you learn about different places and the more lore you learn about, you realize there's so much crossover. Yeah. I mean, talking about lore and stuff, that was a huge part of my childhood as well was my uncle would always tell me stories and all the stories he would tell me were greek roman myths so that was a huge part of my base 
um, whenever we did like the family trips across the country, we'd go to Devil's Tower and I'd get, you know, the book on the story of the origins of Devil's Tower. It was always something that was kind of like I wanted to know where things came from as a kind of a history type aspect and Mm -hmm. to understand what the world was. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. that how much lore and mythology was a part of my childhood and how it built up into kind of a direction for all this stuff because all of this falls in with a lot in a lot of lore where it's like okay there is you know parallels that you can draw whether you're talking about aliens and fey or whatever like there's a lot of things where you're like are we all talking about the same subject or are we all talking about different things that just have been interpreted different ways and that's the stuff that i find interesting is all the connections and the the follow through and threads between everything in this world. Me too. Uh, I really have spent a lot of time um, trying to teach people a lot about how um, those things connect as well. Um, One of the things that I do as um, uh, I do tarot readings and, um, I usually mostly use like Oracle decks, but I also do like bones and charms, um, which is a form of divination itself too. Um, but I teach, try and teach people how to get in touch with their own intuition so that they can figure out which divination tools work for the best for them. And they can kind of get in like, figure out how to be more in touch with their intuition so that they can use it in their daily lives. It doesn't even have to be about divination either. It can just be about like trusting your gut type stuff. So being able to draw some of those lines for people has been really, really important. And I think actually really helps people. Um, And it's kind of grounding. Even if you don't believe all of the strings are tied and interconnected, it really is just so interesting and that so many things can be tied to one another really is just very, it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, divination is a very interesting tool that I've used frequently as just a way of trying to sort the chaos in my mind. Mm-hmm. Of just being like, I'm stressed, I've got too much going on, I can't even focus, and as a way of taking it and, I guess, laying it out a way for me to look at and go, okay, I know what I'm dealing with now and trying to just relax and calm down and be able to deal with it. And it's kind of weird in the sense where it's not, it's not in traditional divination where it's like, here's the future. Here's what's happening. It's more like, no, this is just a meditation for me to kind of focus and understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I say about um, intuition and specifically about doing divination is that, So to be really connected to your intuition, you kind of have to be more in your body. You have to be more aware of um, just the patterns that your body picks up on. You know, we're we're just walking around receptors, right? That's all we do. We pick up on the energy around us. We pick up on other people's energy, the frequency, frequency of the planets, the whatever else is going on. We are a part of the whole pattern we're all woven together so we have the ability to pick up on the things that are going on around us so when you get in tune with your body and you make it so that you can kind of understand these patterns better that puts you in more of a place to be intuitive 
Now for divination, what I feel like, especially when you're doing like tarot cards or runes or stuff like that, when you're using those decks, it's really just your way of interpreting the energy and the patterns and whatever that are going on around you and using those tools to see those patterns and to put it in front of your face. Yeah. I mean, to bring it kind of to what I grew up with, what connected to me was, you know, Star Wars and the Force. When it's like, as I kind of grew up and was like, oh, there's actual things that are very similar in the same philosophies and teachings as that. And so it was kind of fun to be like, oh, this is you know sci-fi and fictional which i understand but there's also some sort of real world element to it that i can also tap into and be a part of and yeah you know it's the it's the oh i could take the pop culture that i know and what i grew up with and connect it to the world i live in yeah that's great i love that part too for me that and then um when i got like with the last 10 years, maybe I started learning about um, science and the science of the universe and like quantum physics and string theory and all of those things and how we can see a lot of the principles and theories that they use in the science of the universe to um, put into play in just our regular day-to-day stuff like a lot of those philosophies and beliefs actually like very are very very close yeah i mean i credit one of my um philosophy professors who he was fantastic his method of teaching was literally who's got a question everybody's got a question and there was no lecture he would just take a random question from the class and it would lead him off into a direction. And that That's was how, how he looked at it. So it was just the most amazing class. And he'd be like, you can ask, he's like, this is philosophy of the mind. Everything takes place within the mind. So you can ask anything. And it was just the most kind of erratic, but covered so much and inspired me so much to be in that class because you never knew what you were walking into. That you sounds really amazing. Be, yeah, there was never really, you had, we had readings, but it was like, okay, the readings were just because he wanted you to read it, not because he was going to test you on it. It was right. it was just great. And it just, it led me into all sorts of things because we got into things like string theory and a bunch of other like higher level metaphysical concepts that were going on be, are still being also done with the actual physics world as well. And it was just, it was fantastic and inspired me. That's great. I come from a long line of teachers, so when people tell me good teacher stories, I'm like, yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was definitely, he was one of the best, and I have probably a notebook sitting around of all the random quotes that he would say. That's great. Yeah, he had some fantastic stories himself, and yeah, just, there's always stuff that stuck with me as well, is like, like, terms of when you choose what is against your own preferences, that is the definition of insanity. And that's why he's like, the future is always predictable. You always know what's going to happen because you're going to always choose what you prefer. And when you choose something you don't prefer, that's when it's insane. And it was just, it was such a simple thing of like understanding that we live in a world of deterministic free will where yes, I have the choice between chocolate and vanilla ice cream but I will choose vanilla over chocolate. And that is something that is determined, but it is something that is also a choice. 
and applying that to the universe it just opens up so many doors and but also limits things in so much where it's like okay i can predict what you're going to choose because once i get to know you as a person or know how you live and what your choices are i know what you can what you're going to pick when given x amount of choices and then is it divination or is it you know telling the future no it's just understanding humanity and understanding the person Mm-hmm. patterns are key yes and patterns can be applied to everything i know it's not like just my people. favorite thing like my neurodivergent brain is so good at patterns it's like my favorite thing i love to people watch just to like kind of predict what people are going to do even in the most abstract ridiculous way just sitting on a bench and watching people walk by and like you know are they going to stop and look at their phone are they going to do that you know just trying to find patterns and things all over the place is one of my all-time favorite things to do i love it yeah i mean i fell into doing robotics and um fixing pinball machines because i liked the logic of electrical work of kind of where it went and how you could follow it and you could follow the patterns and there were specific paths. And even though it was a physical world, it was still if then statements like you would in programming. And it just, it really connected with me and I could spend hours troubleshooting stuff. It Mm -hmm. just, it worked really well for my brain to have this kind of logic to the world and being able to apply that to the rest of the world, even though it seems illogical, it still is there. And that's what's yeah. the, the crazy part is once you start to understand the world, the patterns are there, the logic is there, and it gets really kind of hard for a lot of people to understand. So do you have any like one specific experience at all that would like stand out to you as being something directly paranormal that kind of like nudged you into that direction a little bit more or maybe made you think something differently than you had before i have honestly not had that i've been looking really i have not had i find that to be so fascinating man i've had experiences i can't explain but i haven't had an experience that's nudged me directly one way or the other i mean i used to to work as a cameraman on the show haunt me and i spent a lot of time I love that show. Like by myself, like in rooms waiting for the crew, like the cast to come downstairs or something like that. And I got so used to just being by myself in darkened spaces that the creepy kind of feeling went away. And I, and I never had an experience. I went, oh, that's 100% this or that. It's kind of opened me up to be a little bit more skeptical in some senses. But I've never had any... I mean, I've seen shadows, I've heard sounds, but I've never had anything be like, I 100% now believe. and Or have had my mind change on anything. I've just kind of been like, oh, that's interesting, but it's not enough for me. I mean, I've definitely seen some stuff, but again, it's like, it, like the other day I saw something like, that is something I cannot identify in the sky. It's Mm -hmm. weirdly shaped. It's traveling weird. I can't unexplain it or understand it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a special craft. It's like I live near the airport, so there's an explanation. So it's just kind of everything in my life is kind of like that, where it's like, okay, there's probably an explanation, even though I don't know what the explanation is. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know the worst. Like, I mean, the only things I guess I've really had is dreams that became realities. Ooh, those are good ones. Yeah, I mean, and that's and it's one of those things where I only observe it after the fact, where it's like, right, boy, that whole experience seemed really weird. Like I knew everything that was going to happen in it, and then it's like spending time thinking about it. I recall it as a dream I've had years and years before. One of my first things that I started doing when I was really little was dream analysis. My mom used to tell me her like just weird dreams when I was probably like three or four years old. I used to analyze her dreams for her. (laughs) Um, I think it's fascinating that you haven't had any real like big experience and are still so committed to like wanting to do that. Yeah, it's like I said, I want to believe I want this stuff to be true. But I have yet to have that truth for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know. Um, years ago, I saw um, Steve from Ghost Hunter speak and he talked about how, it, you know, he had been through that. He's like, I've not experienced anything definitive myself. I'm still looking for that 100 percent verified experience. I'm not, I haven't gotten that. And it just kind of being like, oh, this is a guy who does it for a living. He's doing X amount of investigations a week. He's all over the place. And he still is like, I haven't had that one experience yet. Mm-hmm. And it kind yeah. of like that hit me of being like, okay, maybe their they experiences are fairly rare and they're not as common as we think they might be. Mm-hmm. I do also think that some people attract stuff as someone who feels like they attract stuff. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I actually would think that I like really attract things, but I just think that I live in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, which is a very weird place energetically. We have a lot of ghost stories. Um, My family is from here. Like my family's been here since before the town was here. So I have stories from when I was a little kid of like my great grandfather telling me experiences about stuff that they've had in the woods and stuff like that. So like everybody here has some kind of experience. They've experienced something in the woods. They've seen something in the sky. They've worked at a place that's haunted, you know, but there's also this, like, I've seen this thing and it, I have had this experience, but a lot of these people also will tell you that they don't believe in those things either. So I think it's a fairly normal thing to like say, yes, I've had experiences, but to not fully believe in the thing just because you've had maybe one or two like decent experiences. I know that even for myself, having seen full bodied apparitions and things crawling on walls and craft, all kinds of things, um, I still will go into a situation and be like, okay, I believe, but it's got to be really, really big to convince me that I've even had a real experience. I mean, it's one of those things I experience here in Maine is a lot of people that have a casual acceptance of a lot of stuff. Yeah. But then when you ask them directly, they say, no, I don't believe it. Yeah. But New England they, is this weird. They like, it. Yeah. Yeah. They have, there's this like weird undertone of spookiness that everybody is just like, it's how it is here. We're just kind of weird, spooky people. 
But also at the same time, there's still that like unwillingness to be like, yep, that's definitely what's happening. Yeah, there's a a question from people where they're like, no, if I have to accept that, then I have to accept a lot of other things I don't want to accept. So it's not it's almost a resistance more than anything else. But they admit that they've experienced it. New Englanders are nothing if not resilient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So have you had any specific experience? I've had so many experiences. Like I remember the first one I remember, remember was um, I was probably about four and I was sitting in the living room. I was sitting in the kitchen playing on the floor, my parents' house and my mom and the neighbor were sitting at the table having a conversation. And it was like one of those days in August where it was just so hot that like I didn't even want to be outside playing because I was the kid that was like I was outside at dawn and inside when the sun was down like I was not inside if I could help it in any way shape or form so for me to be inside was very unusual it was just hot and sticky and just one of those like days so they're sitting at the kitchen table having a conversation and I was just playing with matchbox cars or something on the floor And the door coming into the house just slowly swung all the way open. And the neighbor looked at my mom and was like, did you forget to shut the door? And my mom just turned around and looked and said, if you're going to come into the house, close the door behind you. And the door slowly closed back up and clicked closed. And... um. I think the reason why I remember it so well is because my neighbor had an absolute bird. Like she just lost it. Absolutely lost it. But like I was, I grew up in this house. We had a ghost. Her name was Margaret. She was the past owner of the house. She died in our bathroom. Like it was just a known thing to me that this existed. But the neighbor losing her mind over this and literally like telling my mom she needed to get an exorcism and like all of this other stuff. And she was just like, no, if you don't like it, don't come to my house. And like that (laughs) was pretty much the end of it. But I remember that very, very clearly. And that it was one of those days where it was like just nothing was moving outside. There was not any wind Nothing. And I remember going outside and like looking around even afterwards because I was just like, hmm, that was a little different. So I remember that very, very clearly. And that's a pretty solid experience, too. That's a pretty solid experience. (laughs) Yeah, that's an actual interactive experience. It's not just like, yeah, the door coming open and then nothing else happening. It was there was actual interaction. Yep. So that was pretty much my uh, growing up was we've had stuff like that happen. Um, my brother and I experienced more than my sister did, but she tends to be someone who's a little more scared of things sometimes and was a little more closed off to it and is like you in that she really, really wants to believe, hasn't had any big, huge experiences, has had a bunch of things that, you know, she believes, but um, it, it's very different. She had a very different experience in that house than I did, which I love. And I think, um, goes a lot to show how just different people 
um, react differently in their surroundings even. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for books, I mean, that's basically where mine came from was just having multitude of books on the bookshelf to be able to pull down and find out about stuff, read about Yuri Geller or, you know, read about abductions and Loch Ness monster and all of this stuff over and over and over again. Yeah. It really ingrained in my head just being an interest in this stuff, but always wanting to have that experience myself. Yeah. And it just never, never has occurred yet. So not yet anyways. (laughs) Right. I mean, I've definitely had some stuff where it's, I mean, so I read tarot for my friends once, like they were, they were pretty new friends. It was my first time ever really hanging out with them. And they're like, Oh, read a tarot. And I was like, okay. I read it. And I was like, I'm really sorry. This is all screwed up. Like, everything about it was so negative, so devastating. And I'm just like, you guys are wonderful people. I don't know why this is so negative. And they, they looked at me and they're like, actually, we just went to the doctor last week and we've gotten some really poor, terrible news. And like, our, basically, we don't know what's going to happen coming over and forward. And everything you read was really accurate. And I was like, oh, okay, then. Like, it was just something that for me, it was, this is a weird experience. And it somehow matches up perfectly, and I have no explanation for it. Other yeah. Than, I mean, with tarot is probably the most common I have those types of experience with. Mm-hmm. I love a tarot for that. Yeah. I've had so many experiences doing readings, because I've done probably thousands of readings, um, especially the last, like, decade or so. I've been doing them, like, online for people, um, as well as for friends and So I've had some regular clients and there's been a couple of times where I've done tarot readings for people. And usually I do a video and I send it to them and then they just give me feedback if they want, they don't have to, or if they have any other questions, I'll answer them. And there's been a couple of times where I've been doing, I've done readings for people and I was just like, at the end of them, I was like, I don't know why any of this is saying I'm very confused right now. I, And people have messaged me back and been like, no, man, you are so spot on. And then, like, I could dig deeper and get more information for them that way. But, like, the amount of times that the tarot cards have called out people and I get messages back being like, uh, you shouldn't know that. (laughs) It's been really phenomenal. Yeah. It's, um, one of the experiences I've, one of the ones that always makes me laugh is, reading for somebody who's somewhat skeptical and they're like, I didn't like that reading. Do it again. And you read the cards and the next hand is just Same gibberish. Thing. It's literally gibberish where it's just like, this is nonsense. It's like, Nope, yep. the cards are telling you the first time was right. They don't want to tell you anything more. And they're like, well, I don't like that. I don't like that one. It's like, well, that's reality. It's not whether yeah. you like it or not, you know? Yeah. The world is a harsh place. Yes, that's true. So what about other than spirits have you experienced? Well, I live and grew up very close to National Forest. It's pretty much surrounding the entire town I'm in. Um, And especially at where my parents' house is, it's literally like four houses up is all protected forest. So that was my backyard. So I spent a lot of time in the forest up there. And I've experienced a lot of paranormal stuff in the woods Um, I've seen a lot of things. I've had trees follow me. I had a tree follow me for two days one time. We were on a hike and I 
wish that I still had the pictures, but I had pictures from the entire hike and I kept purposely taking pictures of this tree too. Cause I swore it was the same tree. And then when I got the film back, it was the same tree. So like two days worth of travel and seeing like the exact same tree with the exact same markers. And like, that was very strange. That was a new one for me. I had never experienced that, but I've also heard, um, Calls that I can't explain, knocking, stuff like that. My family's big on hunting. And even though I don't particularly agree with killing animals, I don't I don't judge people who do, especially because in my family it was for food. Um, but I did, I did learn how to track and I did learn how to spend time in the woods quietly. So um, being able to do those things and learning calls and all of that stuff makes it so that when you spend time in the woods, first of all, you're not as scared because sometimes the woods is way more scary than any other place that I've, it's like the woods can be a lot, can be a lot. Um, so being able to figure out what the sound of something is because I've already heard, you know, a fox cry, you know, a dozen times. So I know that sound and being able to like figure out, okay, I know that I know what this is, but I've never heard that sound before. So what is that? And being able to do that is been really interesting. It's made me experience a lot of things that I think other people would have missed because I do know what's going on in the woods on a normal basis. Yeah, the woods falls into kind of like deep water or looking up at the sky where it's a it's an unknown that just goes on forever with yep. no end. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of something deep down in humanity that's something that spooks us in general of just being like this is something that we are meant to be uncomfortable with because mm-hmm. there are reasons for us for our survival to be scared of. Mhm, I agree. No, those are those are some quite great experiences. Yeah, I never I mean, I went camping and things like that. I never had spent a lot of time deep in the woods ever. I mean, like played in the woods, but it was not a whole national park. It was yeah, just the woods in my yard. Yeah. I would like literally leave my house at night at like midnight and just go sit in my backyard, which if you just went into the woods in the backyard, you could literally walk straight up and into the national forest without running into another person. You could just be in the woods the whole time. And I would do that sometimes though. I didn't usually wander too, too far because the woods really is a scary place. And I was a teenager and it was the middle of the night. So even though I was brave, I was not so brave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would just go up and walk and like even just spending half an hour or an hour in the woods and getting acclimated to the way that it feels and um, what you see and smell and all of those things is really important for those times when, you know, you do go into the woods and think that maybe something has happened because you already have all of those other experiences built on. But because I was right there, I could literally just disappear into the woods for an hour and just go sit by myself and no one would even miss me. Yeah, that's a wonderful experience to have. It was very great. So what's something about the paranormal that scared you? I know I said I don't want to get into scary stuff, but (laughs) Um, we're just not trying to terrify each other. That's No, 
No, we're not telling ghost stories. We're not, you know, it's. I mean, kind of, kind of a little bit, but not that way. (laughs) Ghost stories not to scare, but ghost stories just to inform. Um, Right. Nothing has really ever scared me. Um, I've grown in the past few years as I've read more and more specifically about alien abductions has gotten to the point where it's, I am now concerned that it's something really horrific going on. (laughs) It is not something that, you know, I was at first, it was kind of like, Oh, like the Whitley Strieber stuff. It's like, Oh, it's terrifying, but it's got a happy purpose with it. And some of the more recent stuff I've read is like, no, there's some really sinister stuff going on and that's kind of gotten me stressed out and worried, but I wouldn't say scared yet. Yeah. But yeah, I've never had anything that's really, I have friends definitely where it's like, I'm not allowed to talk about the stuff because just the thought of talking about it freaks them out. And it, they're like, no, I don't like, they don't want to deal with it. It's just like, I have a few friends like that too. They're like, because, I'm allowed to be spooky, but I'm only allowed to be like, g-rated spooky you know like we're nightmare before christmas spooky we're not people under the stair spooky you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i I think it's more of again going back to some people aren't set up to handle some of the stuff that's going on and if they have to accept and understand that x is going on then y is also going on and that means a whole lot more that they don't even want to have to deal with or, or even question or you know, a lot of people, I think, live in nice ignorance and they want to stay there sometimes. I agree. Whereas I want to just, I'd rather know than, even if it is, like, horrific and terrible. <laughs> but people don't like their worlds being thrown into a chaos that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. They want it yeah. to be what they've always known it to be and for it to stay there and never change. Yep. Um, For me, it was aliens. For yeah. sure, it was aliens. Like, ghosts... Never bothered me. I got a Ouija board when I was 14. Like, I used to use that bitch at 3 in the morning by myself. Like, I did not care at all about stuff like that. But, um, yeah, for me, it was aliens. I had a neighbor who worked for NASA and would tell, like, alien stories. And when I was over there and his wife was babysitting me, and sometimes I would hear the and I would just be so terrified that, like, they were going to come in and abduct me out of my bed at night while I was sleeping. Yeah. Aliens was it for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it really is something in a weird sense. It's like ghosts. I almost understand as like a recording for the most part. Yep. You know, then there's other entities that are out there, but aliens fall within to another intelligence that, you know, is that we're having to deal with and we don't have a, a discussion or a choice with and things could be really, really bad. Right. And we have no perspective for what their reality actually could be because we actually have no idea at all if, first of all, it's even happening, how they're getting here, where they're coming from, what their purpose is. Like, there's so many unanswered questions. And I find that to be way more terrifying for sure. Because there's no control with that. Like, you can't even begin to think what it might be because the answer is always it could be even more terrifying than what you think. Yeah, I know because that it's, it could be not even malicious. It could be just right. what they are. They're like, oh, well, this is just what we do. And therefore, it's like, well, that's even more terrifying. If, if you even had intent, that would be a whole other thing. But we don't even know what your intent is. Right. But I think for myself, so I don't go into that, like, weird spirally place where I just, you know 
stay in my bed and watch trashy TV shows and not panic. (laughs) I try to think of it um, more like I see the universe as a very neutral thing. So even though I know that anything with any kind of intelligence is going to have its own kind of perspective on things and we never know what that is. I try to just come at everything from like just a neutral standpoint. You know, I don't know why they're here. I would like to know why they're here. I would like to know why they're here without them, you know, doing things to people that hurt them or like experimental. Like there are enough people on this planet that would do that shit consensually. Like just ask. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Can we just ask? Maybe, maybe that'd be good. But maybe, yeah. I, for myself and for my own mental health, I try to like think of it as the same way as like I think of the universe. It's just neutral and it's until I find out otherwise, I'm going to try to continue to keep it in that very neutral place. Yeah, I mean, and that that gets into, you know, I fall, I fall into the, the same ideas of like some of the elementals fall into that for me with aliens where it's like higher or another intelligence that has some sort of intent that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of gets to the point of just being like, okay, how am I supposed to handle that? It's not just like a weird creature, like a cryptid. It's not, I saw something that's ethereal that can't actually hurt me. When it gets down to things that physically could hurt me, it gets kind of like a, Oh, that's something I don't know how to handle. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's like I've never come across a mountain lion or an elephant or something that could, uh, I mean, even a moose I've seen from a distance. And like, these are all things that if I encountered them up close could kill me. Yeah. And it's almost like these are things that would actually seek me out to kill me. And that's what I think is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up on our first episode? I don't know. I think I think we've covered quite a bit. Give us a nice base to start looking at for the future. I agree. I think the only thing we haven't really talked about is kind of what we actually are going to be trying to cover and what we are actually doing with this. We talked about like why we're here and the experiences we've had, but what is our actual goal? So for me, that goal is just this, just starting conversations. And I hope that as we um, do more episodes and people choose to listen, that they choose to um, send us emails and interact with us and give us their stories and experiences and ask questions. And um, we can all kind of grow from there. I've wanted to kind of um, create a little bit of a paranormal community for a really long time. And um, I do have people locally that I have a local community for, but I think that this would be a really good way to kind of get people who are kind of like-minded together to kind of discuss things. And um, I'm open to hearing other people's opinions on what we have to say because I know that a lot of the stuff that you and I have talked about separately um, before tonight um, is very similar we have 
a similar way of looking at a lot of things, but we also have very different views on things too. So it'll be interesting to see what other people think. Oh, agreed. I mean, part of the reason why I initially wanted to do something was to kind of have a place for me to present my ideas for other people and to get some feedback from and to, um, and basically develop my ideas further by having some interaction and feedback and commentary on what I was thinking. Yeah, I think it would be interesting and fun to see where it all goes. I guess it's a little more <laughs> individualistic that way, but that's kind of... I yeah. think it's the same idea. I think it that, that um, I say community and, you know, you said my ideas, but really what you're wanting to do is to put your ideas out into a community. So we have the same, the same ultimate goal, I think. Yeah. And I, we just I tried, get there from different places. Yeah. And I've tried building a community and, you know, with, you know, it just can, didn't get very far, but it's out there. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's okay. We'll yeah, just continue we'll to build. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to hearing from other people. I think that would be really exciting. Me too. I'm ready. Especially if we can get some really cool ideas going. Yeah. Well, do you want to do a reading for the end of the show? I can definitely pull a couple cards. I grab my Halloween deck since we're close Perfect. to spooky season. So... Do I want to do a general reading for the collective? Do we want to do one about the podcast? What What are you thinking? I think since it's the first episode, let's just do one on the podcast. We don't know what we've got for a collective yet. All right. And kind of interesting to see where it all might go. Okay. So the first card that I got acceptance and equality and then the next one that came out um is skull of flowers creating through the ashes so i'm feeling like with these two cards what it really is saying is that there has been this creative thing that has been happening for a long time the ashes so to speak and that this is really just a growth and extension of what has already been created um, and that I'm feeling like the acceptance and equality is more like about really taking the things that we know and um, putting them kind of out there in a way that makes sense and but is going to need us to kind of get on the same level and accept where we're at and the things that we need to do to continue to go forward. And it's saying the best way to do that is with authenticity. It's usually the best way to go. I know. What else do you have? Is that all? You can get to go. <laughs> Midnight, the most magical hour of all. So when I get this <laughs> card... It always, like, reminds me of when I was, like, 16 and I would get up at, like, the middle of the night when no one else was up and, like, do fake seances and stuff. So I feel like this is really just saying, you know, just lean into all of that stuff that you have already, the, all of that magical knowledge, all of the stuff that you already have lined up for you, for all of those other things, and just continue to build but make I like I'm really feeling like the just making sure that being 
yourself and creating your own voice and don't worry about any of the other stuff. That's probably a good lesson for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emotional intelligence <laughs> with the vampire. So yeah, the knowledge is there. The willingness to share and create from um, our own separate experiences and to kind of create this equal platform for both of us and to move forward and to really kind of bring that into focus to create, to create a, it's going to its own little thing. And it'll, I feel like it's going to be a little slow to begin with, which is normal when you start new things. Um, But it definitely will develop in time. And then this card fell out too. Ghost regret. But I, and that I feel like is just saying, just don't have regrets. Don't hold on to that stuff. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's a ghost makes me happy because I have to get my bones finished for next time and do a bones reading. That would be, be fun. exciting. Definitely. Maybe you could do a reading sometime too. I could. That'd be fun. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. Compare almost. That would be fun. Dueling cards. I do that. <laughs> I teach a class with my friend. It's more of a discussion group. It's not really a class. Um, and we've been covering divination for like three weeks now because we just love it so much. And new people keep coming into the group so we can continue to like talk about tarot cards to all of these different people because they haven't all heard of the, the conversation. And it's different every time especially with a new group. So we've just really been doing like a lot of divination talk and doing tarot readings pretty much back and forth the entire time. Great. It's so fun. Yeah. I'm coming up on my, uh, my one year reading. I always do it uh, midnight on Halloween. Well, that's fun. And I've been doing it for probably over 20 years. I think it's going to be like, this will be year 23. I have to look at my journal. That's exciting. Yeah, it's always I don't interesting. I think I've had a single ritual that I've done more than like two or two or three times, and then I just don't do it. I'm like very chaotic. It's become great. <laughs> it's become a very. It's a great time for me to sit down and reflect because I look at last year's reading, reflect on the year, and then read for this year and kind of see where it's going to bring me. Yeah. I try to do like a bigger reading for myself, like once a month to try to just bring myself back into focus a little bit. Depends on what's going on, really. Sometimes I just do quick. I sometimes I'll do daily readings for a couple of months and then I just get out of it. Yeah, I've been trying to learn runes just so I can have like a quick like pull and see what's going on. I've tried to do runes before. I have a hard time with it, but I think it's a lot of fun. Definitely. I have a hard time memorizing. That's my thing. <laughs> I Even though I've been reading tarot for like 25 years at this point, I still use my books because yep. I just, I can't memorize that stuff anymore. I gave up and I wanted, because I know that I'm really, really good with my readings and I wanted to do readings for other people, doing traditional tarot did not make any sense for me. It just was, it left me feeling very frustrated and like I was not getting message across and I someone just happened to give me an Oracle deck that had prompts underneath the, na- the words like the ones that I just showed. 
as the first time I used that deck, I was like, oop, this is it. <laughs> and now I there have like go. 30-something decks, and they've all got like most of them. A lot of them have prompts and stuff underneath, so that's what I use instead of like the full books. That's great. It works much better for me. Definitely. Well, thank everybody for attending and checking out our first episode here. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. See you next time.